1: If you love the show, then please leave us a review on iTunes, share The Real Food Reel with your friends and continue to spread The Real Food Love. In episode 157 of The Real Food Reel, we are joined by Siri Linley. Siri is a former world champion triathlete, world champion coach, worldwide speaker, Proud animal activist and author of Surfacing, From the Depths of Self-Doubt to Winning Big and Living Fearlessly. In today's episode, you will learn so much from Siri, from her personal journey from complete novice to world champion triathlete, her key mindset strategies, how to see the gift in even the most painful life experience, and so much more. This is honestly one of my favorite interviews in the history of The Real Food Reel. So dive in and enjoy learning from one of the world's best. Hi, Siri, and welcome to The Real Food Reel.
0: Oh, Steph, it's great to be here. So thank you for having me. Me. it's an honor
1: we're really excited to have um, our discussion today and of course introduce you to our audience so let's start there with a little bit of background information about yourself and take us on a journey to what you do these days
0: sure um Well, I started the sport of triathlon when I was 23 years old. And I actually, a friend of mine asked me to come watch her in a triathlon. And I thought, well, what in the world is that? Like, I I seriously had no idea. And I showed up and I was like, wow, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. I want to do this. And the only problem was I didn't know how to swim. Um, And for you guys out there in Australia, you guys learn how to swim when you're like a day old. Mm. (laughs) So I had missed out on 23 years of, of, you know, knowing how to swim, but I fell in love with this sport and I became absolutely determined to not only become proficient in all three sports, but my ultimate dream was to become the best in the world, um, which sounds crazy because I really did start. um, I had been a field hockey, ice hockey, and lacrosse player at university and um, literally had no background in this sport. But I think what drew me to triathlon was seeing how alive everybody looked, you know, they were all pushing themselves to the limit and they were different sizes, shapes, ages, colors, everything, but everybody was out there kind of on this personal journey. And um, when I look back now, my time through the sport, uh, triathlon was kind of the vehicle through which I found myself. And so it really wasn't about the swim, the bike and the run, It was about me taking something on that seemed absolutely impossible, but finding a way by being so hungry and so relentless and so determined, finding a way from, you know, terrible to the top. Um, And what I love about this is I can now honestly tell people, like, if you have a dream, even if it seems impossible, I am living proof that the impossible dream can come true. Um, it just takes investing all your heart and soul and being willing to, to fail often. Um, it's when we fail that we learn the most and we grow the most. So you have to be comfortable with getting disappointed and making mistakes and knowing that, you know, you will learn from those mistakes and you will learn from those failures. And that's where you, we truly do take those giant steps forward. Um, but if you're willing to do whatever it takes to get from where you are now to where you want to be, I truly believe that anything is possible for anyone. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my, <laughs> in a nutshell, my story about how I got to become a triathlete. Um, and now I, I coach some of the top athletes in the world, including Marinda Carfrey, who is, um, an Aussie, of course, and has won four, three Ironman World Championships and one 70.3 World Championship. Um, I coach athletes in triathlon. I do life coaching and I speak around the world. Um, And that's what I do now. But uh, it it really is a pleasure and an honor to be on the show, Steph. So thank you for the invite.
1: Awesome. And I know you've got so much to share with our audience. And Whilst your background is in triathlon, I think that all of our listeners will learn so much today when it comes to, you know, obviously for you, I think triathlon was the vehicle, but as you briefly mentioned, it wasn't really about the swim, bike, run, which I think means that, you know, someone that's listening who might not be exposed to a triathlon can still really see how to set up their their life and and you know how they can deal with things like fear and 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 self-confidence and all the things that I know you speak about in um in the speaking side of your career but i just wanted to kind of start um back a little bit further with mindset you know you start triathlon and you say yourself you can't swim so how do you decide that, that you could actually have an opportunity or, or a chance at becoming the best in the world? Like, where do you think that confidence comes from? It's amazing.
0: Well, here's the the funny part is that I was um, at age twenty. I was someone that was just absolutely riddled with fear and anxiety and worry and self doubt, um, and literally it it had overtaken me. And and I almost reached a point where I just felt like I needed to just get out of my own skin and run away. And and I almost didn't want to be here anymore. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: um, I read a book, I found a book in in the university library, and it was called Unlimited Power by Tony Robbins. And the book caught my attention because I'm like, God, I would kill for any power at all to get Mm -hmm. out of of feeling the way that I feel right now and I started reading this book and and seriously this book changed my life because one of the the major things that I got out of it is that we are all the conductors of our own symphony of life if you don't like the life that you're living right now like change your story change your life and up until that time my story was that, you know, I'd had a tough childhood, I felt totally responsible for the happiness and, and health of my mom and the people around me, and you know this was all stuff that I put on myself, and i didn 't even know who I was. I just knew that the life that I was living was one that every decision I made was, was based on fear. Um, and I just lived in worry. I was crippled by OCD behaviors because that was kind of the way that I dealt with my worry and my fear and my anxiety. Um, and on this day, I realized that, that we are in control of the life we want to lead. And basically, you know, what we focus on is what we're going to receive. And if I'm focusing on what's missing and, and what I'm scared of and what I don't want to have happen, my life is going to be all about being in that space of worry and fear but if i want to focus on the blessings in my life and and how lucky i am to have two arms and two legs and a strong beating heart it you know that's keeping me alive every day and people that love me you know where focus goes energy flows and if i want to focus on having a better life i need to focus on what i want not on what i don't want and I need to focus on you know solutions and finding a way to feel better rather than just focusing and obsessing on the problem. Um, so this book like truly was the catalyst to changing my entire life and um, it was shortly after a couple years later where I found triathlon and I had no confidence at all and actually, I, I flew out to Colorado where my mom was living to do my first triathlon because I just, I didn't want to embarrass myself amongst the couple of friends that I had that knew I was into this. And I did my first race and I was, uh, to say I was, I sucked is an mm-hmm. understatement. <laughs> I mean, I, and I have a whole story about my first race, but it's, it's long and I don't know that you have all the time, but basically, you know, I went into it, I I had been studying and reading everything about triathlon and asking everybody who knew anything about the sport, you know, questions about carbo loading and, Mm -hmm. and training and how to learn how to swim. And I was trying everything to become able to do this first race. And one of the biggest mistakes that I think you'll appreciate is I'd been reading about this carbo loading thing. And Um, I was in Colorado, the race distance that was my first race, it was a sprint, which means 750 meter swim, a 12 mile bike and a 5k run. And, but I remember my mom and I went to the grocery store and she's like, okay, you know, what do you need to eat? you know, for tomorrow's race. And I said, Oh, I need to, I need to carbo load. It's super important. So I load up, I get a box of pasta and a loaf of bread and cookies and a little bit of broccoli. So I have my greens, a little bit of chicken. So I have my protein. This is about all I knew about nutrition at this point. And I stuff myself to the point that I'm literally like nearly sick. And my mom was looking at me like, Siri, I, I don't know that you need to eat that much. Like how Long is this race going to be, like at the most, maybe two hours, and I said no, but i 've heard, and obviously I was reading an article on Iron Man, and i didn 't know the difference, but i 'm thinking, no, no, this is what they tell me to do i 'm going to be all set, so I just i mean I showed up the next day for this race, and I was so bloated, so excited to get my new bathing suit that I just bought for the race and get in the bathing suit. And the minute I put my my stomach in it, like it starts ripping up the sides. <laughs> I'm just like a disaster feeling like so bloated. But I start this race and really from start to finish, it was just, it was it was a travesty. I mean, I, I jumped out of the, the swim was in the pool and my mom's on the side of the pool and she's Got my long spandex in her hands and she's waving them in the air. Siri, Siri, I've got your pants over here, and so I'm running over to her. And I don't know if you, any of you out there, can relate to this, but you don't put on spandex when you're wet. Like it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it doesn't work. And so I'm trying to get my spandex, and the referees are yelling at my mom that there's no outside assistance allowed, and my mom starts crying, and I'm like, I take off on the bike, and I've got like one spandex leg down to my ankle and the other one's like all the way up my thigh. I've got a camel toe. It was like a complete disaster. I get out on the bike and I'm trying to, you know, it felt like the hilliest course in the world. I felt like I was riding in the Alps and I actually went back like 10 years later and it was completely flat, like not a hill in sight and got out on the run and um, I just have snot coming out of my nose and saliva coming out of my mouth. And I'm like treating it like I would a, a lacrosse game. You know, I'm sprinting as far as I can until I have to stop and hyperventilate and get my breath again. And then I sprint again and I'm covering the whole 5k this way. And, but I honestly had never felt so alive in my life. Mm. And I crossed the line. I was like, uh, maybe third to last place. And I'll never forget my mom was there. And she's like, oh, I've got everything packed up in the car. You know, we can go now. I'm so proud of you. And I said, but mom, you know, the awards are at at one o'clock. And she's looking at me like, oh, my God, does she actually think she's getting an award? But we waited. We waited until one. And I certainly didn't get an award. But that night, I get home and, and I go to bed. And I don't know about you guys, but like when I get in bed at night, it's kind of like when I feel my most vulnerable. And I close my eyes, and suddenly I'm seeing everything that I was oblivious to when I was racing because when I was racing, I had never felt so alive. I was proud of myself. I was challenged. I was working hard. I was pushing myself, but I'm suddenly seeing all the looks on people's faces like, Oh my God, don't look at her. Don't look at her. Don't look at her. Here she comes. Oh my God. And trying not to laugh and kids that were kind of laughing at me and saying, Oh my God, look at her. And you know, all the looks on the faces, you know, looks of pity and, people laughing at me. And I just started bawling. And I went into my mom's bedroom and I can't even get the words out. I'm crying so hard. And she said, I know, honey, you know, there's so many things that you're good at. And I'm just so proud of you for trying. And I looked at her and I said, I have never wanted anything more in my life. I want to be the best in the world in this sport. And I don't even know where that came from because hopefully from this lead in with this story, I, I didn't have any confidence, but I think it was almost a gift that these words came tumbling out of my mouth because it made me accountable to me and it made me accountable to my mom that, you know, who meant more to me than anyone in my life. And by stating something, a statement like so grand and so powerful um, it set me up to literally devote my entire being, my heart, my soul to making this dream come true and nothing was going to get in the way. And obviously the next 10 years was just all about me doing everything I possibly could to reach all new levels of performance. And, you know, 10 years later... This impossible dream came true, and it, it wasn't easy. And, and I embarrassed myself a lot. I failed a lot. I made every mistake in the book. But my gosh, you know, on that day in 2001 when I won the world championship, it was the greatest gift I could have ever given myself. And that gift, it, it wasn't the award, it wasn't the championship crown. It was for the first time in my life, I felt a love and an appreciation for myself. I finally had earned my own respect. I finally had earned my own appreciation. And the gift of that, if you think about it, is, you know, we have to live with ourselves every second of every minute, of every hour, of every day, of every week, of every month, of every year. And you better like who you are. And you better appreciate who you are. And you better, you know, be your own biggest supporter. Because if you're not, you know, that's a lot of time that you're spending with someone that you don't get along with. And that's not what life is all about. I, I believe we were all kind of put on this earth, you know, perfect. And it's when we try to fit in and be things that we're not to because we think that's the right thing to do. That's when we kind of lose our way. And um, when you come back to just appreciating all the parts about you um, and celebrating that and bringing all of who you are to the forefront in your life, that's when you really see amazing things happening in your life. Sorry, that was a long, long story, but God, I hope I answered your question. I don't even remember what it was.
1: <laughs> and, and neither do I, but I have tears <laughs> in my eyes. And um, I think a lot of people will be able to resonate with you because we're not, I personally like wasn't taught these amazing epiphanies that you're giving us in terms of firstly, as you mentioned um the main lesson that you learnt from Unlimited Power by Tony Robbins that you know it is in your control. You know if you don't like your life, change it. You are not a tree, as the quote says. Right. And then obviously it is about I think um, acknowledging the whether it's the struggles or the mental battles or you know a combination of the above that. it's important to really work on because yeah, you only have one life and you have to like yourself. You absolutely do. And I think that's a really, really beautiful lesson for everyone because you know, if you don't, it's, it's time to acknowledge that and and take some steps to change that. That's so important. Mm -hmm.
0: Absolutely. And I think another huge epiphany, I love that word, Mm -hmm. um, is I discovered that the times in my life that were the hardest, the most difficult, the deepest struggles, I look back and the most wonderful gifts in my life came, kind of grew from those struggles. Mm -hmm. And hopefully all of you that are listening, you can think of something in your life that has really hurt you or felt like a tragedy. Um, And look back at that and think, would you be the person that you're proud to be today if that hadn't happened or if that person hadn't been the way that they were to you? Would you be who you are today if that hadn't happened? And most of us can look back. You know, I have a particular story with my father who, when I was age 23, he found out that I was gay. And he called me and he said, Siri promise tell me this isn't true i cannot have a daughter that's gay T- promise me this isn't the case and i said dad like you know i didn't want this either you know it's just i i didn't ask for this but but it's who i am and i was like please tell me that you'll still love me and he hung up the phone and i didn't hear from him for 2 years mm-hmm. and after that i mean i heard from him once a year just he would call and say merry christmas But that rejection, I mean, it made me feel like everything that I had achieved up until that point meant absolutely nothing now that I was gay. It just negated everything good that I had done in my life. But what it did is it gave me this incredible drive and desire and passion to want to get out there. I needed, I was desperate to prove to myself That not only could I achieve great things, but that I could make a difference in this world and I could inspire people and I could do great things and I could find love even though I'm gay. Mm -hmm. And so his rejection, like had my father just said, oh, yeah, that's wonderful. I love you just the way that you are. You know, maybe I wouldn't have had that deep drive, but because he was the father that he was. I'm so proud to say that I am the woman that I am today and I truly believe that his rejection gave me that desire, that determination, that will, that hunger to prove to myself that I was worth something. Um, So in a sense, you almost go back and if you can think of someone in your life um, that hurt you, um, number one, it's important to forgive because when you forgive, you're kind of releasing your own pain and your own hurt. Um, But what I ended up doing is literally thanking him for being exactly the father I needed him to be to become the woman that I am today. And I know that sounds crazy, but there's a real power, a real beauty in the gift of, of that. Um, So hopefully that helps some of you out there that may have, you know, a similar experience. I mean, obviously different, but similar.
1: Yeah. um, Uh,
0: But there's, yeah.
1: No, I was just going to say, like, I think everyone will have something, and you know, it doesn't necessarily need to be with your father. And I'm really sorry that you know that. Um, I guess initially you had to go through that, but the blessing is is that it was obviously a big catalyst for you. And um, yeah, I love what you say about forgiveness, but it kind of rolled off your tongue and I'm sure (laughs) it wasn't that easy for you to do (laughs) really. So (laughs) I'd love to learn from you as to, to how you could do that after, you know, I guess how um, hurtful that would
0: have been. Um, I guess I had carried around the pain Mm. um, for so, so long. And I think I realized You know, once I started to see the gift in it, and and I know like some of you are probably like, you know, screw you, what are you, that's ridiculous. Like how can there be a gift in that? But there really is, and it's your choice. Again, you know, we can change our entire experience of life by choosing what we want to focus on, the good or the bad, what we have or what's missing, um, and also by looking at the meaning that we give things. Like if I continued to live my life with this meaning that my father rejected me and in the back of my head, like nothing that I do matters because I'm gay and that ruins me or whatever, like what kind of a life is that going to give me? And so you got to think about like by me just changing the meaning of what happened and giving it an empowering meaning for me and saying, you know what, hey, this life happened for me in this instant. It. He was that way because it gave me that boost, that push, that determination that has allowed me to literally, you know, make my dreams come true and be living a life that that I never would have dreamed I I would be living right now. And I'm so incredibly grateful for that. But change the meaning that, that something that has happened to you or that somebody did to you, if you can change the meaning somehow to have it be an empowering meaning for you, then you will receive the gift from it. Um, and for me, I, because I had by, I know that's a lot to win a world championship. I, it took a lot for me to gain that love and appreciation for myself. But once I had that, it's like, you know what? I want more for myself. I deserve more in this life and I'm not going to let, What my father has done to me, or what other people have done to me, I'm not going to give them the kind of power over my life where I'm going to live with that hurting me the rest of my life. I refuse to have it hurt me. And so, when you find forgiveness, and it doesn't mean you forget, but you know, my way of forgiving him was like he he grew up in a family that was very, um, gosh, what do you call it? You know, when they they do things a certain way, and it's that way or no other way, and just very straight narrow-minded, and narrow-minded mm. and y- traditional, thank you. And that's kind of all he knew. And, you know, if he didn't get the same kind of education, not education but kind of life where you learn things through life and through experience that, you know, everyone is, is good just the way that they are, it's, it's our hearts and our intention that makes us, you know, good or bad, whatever – I think everybody is intrinsically we're put on this earth good. And, and I just, I had to just understand that he just doesn't get it and I need to forgive him for his ignorance, I guess. Um, but just that the lesson is that when you're able to forgive, um, you're, you're really freeing yourself. So you have to have enough love and appreciation and respect for yourself to know that you deserve more. You deserve more than allowing this person or this event to hurt you any longer than it already has. You deserve more. And by forgiving or releasing it or giving it a different meaning, you're literally not only freeing yourself from it, but you're giving yourself an opportunity to truly create the life you deserve. Um, We all deserve to live extraordinary lives and we're all capable of having them. Um, But it does, in order to do that, you really have to choose what to focus on and have that empower you and be something that makes you feel good, not bad. Choose meanings that, that give you strength and, and, you know, joy instead of pain. And, you know, Take action. You know, don't be afraid to step into um, action to go after your dream, no matter how impossible it seems. And along the way, you will discover that you have so much more inside of you than you think you do.
1: Yeah, beautiful message. And it reminds me of the quote: "You know, um, anger is like drinking poison and expecting someone else to die." Yes, and, you know, yes. we we do this. We we take things on, and it obviously it affects us in every area of our life. Um, and, it you know, it wouldn't have been affecting your dad's life in, by you holding on to the, to the whether it was anger or, or hurt. And, yeah, I think a beautiful lesson that we can all apply to many areas of our life.
0: Yeah, that's a great, great quote. I love that. And yeah. it, it symbolises that perfectly.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I want to talk um, a little bit more about... Um, your what your lessons were i think from starting triathlon just for those that might be uh or might view themselves as a beginner um what do you think would be like one or two lessons that you'd like to share with someone that's maybe you know just starting triathlon or has some mental battles around their own performance um what would you share in that regards
0: um, a couple things. Uh, the first one I'm going to share is is what I learned from my first ever triathlon coach. And I'll never forget, and it kind of caught me off guard because I was all about, you know, I wanted to get good in the sport and I wanted to get great results. And she said to me, she said, Siri, I will always care way more about who you are as a human being than who you are as an athlete or what you achieve as an athlete. And that really struck me. And I think. You know, I don't know that I understood it fully back then, but what I understand now, and this is, you know, I care way more about who my athletes are as people and how they make other people feel and, and how they inspire others. And I think the most valuable piece of that is that some athletes can have a tendency, even, even age group athletes, that their identity becomes the sport. Mm -hmm. and being a triathlete. And the problem with that is that the only place you're going to really find fulfillment is if you're achieving your goals in the sport. So what happens when you get injured or what happens when you have to retire or what happens when for some reason you can't do it anymore and they suddenly have lost any idea of who they are and any idea about how they can be happy without achieving. But if you're constantly focused on who you are as a human being, you know, what do you stand for? What drives you? What what lights your soul on fire? You know, what makes you happy? What do you care about? Who do you want to give to? What matters to you outside of yourself? And what are you doing to take care of those things or, or make a difference? And when you think about every aspect of who you are and how, you know, how special you are and what you mean to other people and what you, what impact you can have on the world on the whole, or just your own world around you. Like there's so much more value in your life and that, what that will provide you with is a comfort and a peace and a fulfillment regardless of what happens out on the race course, you know, win or lose, you're still, you know, a great mom or a wonderful sister or, you know, a a great member of the community, whatever it is. Um, And that taught me a lot. And when I see the value of friendships in the sport, the value of even, you know, having two athletes that are each other's biggest competitors, but they train together every single day and seeing them get along and, and lift each other, elevate each other, bring out the best in each other. Um, when you think about kind of who you are as a person and I guess uh, another thing, like what is your, why, like why, if you are taking up the sport, like why, what, what is this sport going to bring you or who are you going to become by through your journey in this sport? What are, what more are you going to be able to give to the people around you? Like, what is your deep why? Um, and when you have that purpose, um, that provides some real emotion that you bring to the table in, in your sport in your job in your relationship, whatever it is, when you have a purpose or, or a deep why behind anything you do in your life, um, your connection to it will be so much deeper. And I had that, you know, I had my why I was out to find out what I'm made of and, and Find out how tough I am and find out how resilient I can be. And in having that, you know, when problems do arise or you do hit an obstacle or a roadblock, it's not going to destroy you. You're going to find a way through because it matters so much to you. There's a deeper purpose as to why you need to get back out there again. Um, So that's one big lesson. Um, And the second lesson is to be willing to fail. Um, I made every mistake in the world. I embarrassed myself repeatedly in in like really embarrassing ways. I continued to to embarrass myself through, you know, I'm a dork. I I do silly things. Um, But for me, I think my motto became I'm either winning or I'm learning. Mm -hmm. There was no such thing as failing. Um, I was either winning or learning. And I knew that, yes, winning felt amazing. But when I fell short or I failed or I was disappointed, it was more like, okay, I got a lesson out of this. And through this lesson, I'm going to grow, I'm going to make progress, and that's going to bring me even closer to achieving my dream. So um, being okay with that. And I know there's a lot of us out there that would call ourselves perfectionists and If you look at perfection this way, like perfection is unattainable. It's impossible. Mm -hmm. So those of us, and I used to be one of these, those of us that are perfectionists, once I realized that I was actually setting probably the lowest standard for myself ever because it was unattainable. And when I realized that that perfectionism was only holding me back, it was keeping me from risking and making me afraid of failure and making me afraid to do anything risky in case I fall short of perfection. But I was never going to achieve perfection because it's impossible. So it became for me about just doing the very best that I can with what I have in every moment. And on a great day, that's going to mean great results. And on a day where I'm struggling, as long as I give my very best with what I have, I can... Go home feeling accomplished um, and and knowing that I did the best that I could with what I had. Um, and you'll find that when you do that, when you focus on just doing the best that you can in every moment, success is inevitable. Um, and you're far more likely to take chances and to risk things because you'll understand that, yeah, I may fall short or I may get disappointed, but I'm going to learn from that and it's going to make me even better. So I hope those two things help. Those were two of the massive ones for me um, that really took a lot of the pressure off of myself and meant that at the end of the day, win or lose, I was fulfilled. Um, And, you know, we can all struggle away in business or at triathlon or any sport for that matter. If you don't really know who you are on the whole, or you don't really know your deep purpose as to why you're doing this, you know, not just to get that medal at the end of the day or to get that paycheck at the end of the week. If you are truly connected to your deep why, and I encourage you all to come up with what that is for you, um, you will always have fulfillment when you succeed. Um, And it's sad because there are a lot of people that succeed and they're like, wait a second, is that that it? Is this all there is? Like they expect there to be greater joy, greater happiness, and it's not there. And I think that comes when you're not really connected as to, you know, why this really matters to you. Yeah,
1: absolutely, because triathlon is obviously the vehicle. But I love what you say about the word perfect. I mean, my personal goal is to ban the use of that word from yeah. my vocabulary because <laughs> I find it I it rolls off my tongue a lot as a way to describe things and firstly it's false because, you know, as you said, it doesn't exist. Um but secondly I think it does set you up to be disappointed because you'll always find something wrong like you say you know you get into bed at night you start analyzing the race or the seminar that you conducted or you know whatever it might have been an interaction with another person and you start to pick it apart and that's not the kind of mindset that we want to be creating because you you know you want to be able to celebrate the success but that's not just you know the trophy it's the, the the small wins along the way
0: yeah, exactly. The exactly. And and I don't even remember, you know, when I'm out giving talks and stuff, um, people will remind me like, Oh tell this story and it'll be about a race and it's like I barely remember like races and results, but what I remember is who I became mm-hmm. and and what I learned along the way and um our our what do you call it, you know, our catchphrase or whatever for our team serious tri club is it's not swim, bike and run. It's who you become. Mm -hmm. And that came from me really looking back and saying, that's what I remember most is who I was before and who I became. And and that's what I go out and talk about. Um, So always remember that, you know,
1: I love that. That's so good. And to be stereotypical for a moment, you know, triathletes are notoriously, A-type and driven by (laughs) professions and after that perfect race. So I hope that, yeah, some some epiphanies are happening as we speak.
0: I hope so because I see that a lot and you're absolutely Mm. right. And, um, yeah, start thinking in these ways and you will find your experience of the sport is not only like a million times more exciting and enjoyable um, but what you get out of it will truly be life-changing and set you up for what comes next beautifully
1: amazing so so good i'd love to hear about your book i believe it's called surfacing and you can tell us the byline and and more about what you've delivered
0: Yeah, well, thank you. Um, My book is called Surfacing uh, from the Depths of Self-Doubt to Winning Big and Living Fearlessly, Mm -hmm. which now after speaking with me for a little while, you can see kind of, you know, what that story is about. And I think what's funny is when this book came out, everybody thought it was going to be like a training book, you know, Mm -hmm. how to, you know, win a championship and all of this. And, you know, there's, Definitely training stories in there, but it 's more about you know who I became through that training and um, so it really is i I definitely I love that everybody that has read it seems to have really gotten a lot out of it. People get different takeaways. Um, it took me ten years I started writing the book in God, I think it was two thousand and four. And I realized partway through that I wasn't quite willing to go there yet. You know, there was going to be stuff that I was going to leave out because I wasn't ready to, to make it public. And mm-hmm. um, so I kind of put it away. And then in 2014, I was like, I'm ready. I'm ready to just lay it out there. And um, this all started when I met my... My wife, Rebecca Keat, who's also an, an Australian. Um, you know, I through throughout my growing up and you know realizing I was gay, which you know it's it's great now because I met the love of my life and it's wonderful. But it's a struggle, you know. It's mm-hmm. hard. It's not something you you know say, oh, that's something I'm going to try and woohoo, let's let's be gay." But you know now what it led me to is my wife who. The love that I share with her is something that I truly thought was a thing of fairy tales, a thing mm-hmm. of the movies, something that didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And when we met and fell in love, I was like, I cannot believe that that I have this in my life. And at that point, nothing else mattered, you know? And I thought, people can know that I'm gay and I don't care because I have this love and this love will sustain me and... I believe I need to share my story and be vulnerable. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of things that we feel, and all of us carry some kind of shame about something, you know, it, it's just, it's a big part of the world. I mean, especially with social media, you're made to to feel, you know, shame in certain areas. And, and the best way to, to get rid of that is to speak about it. Mm-hmm. And I decided I'm ready to talk about these things that I was, ashamed about, or my OCD when I was 20. And I was ready to talk about it and be able to share it and say, you know what? You can have battles with self-confidence. You can have battles with anxiety or fear or whatever it is. You can feel like, you know, life's not worth living and turn it around and suddenly have the most amazing life you could ever dream of. And I thought, you know, I'm ready to talk about all of this because I believe that in speaking about it, it will free a lot of other people and and they'll understand that they're not alone because if somebody out there, you know, tells you that they're absolutely perfect and have no issues and no problems and no self doubt, and no fear. I mean, they're lying. We all have these things and the more you can actually um, talk about it, like it's just a normal part of living and it doesn't hold you back and you can still achieve your dreams and you can still, you know, live the life you dream of, I think that's really comforting and freeing and inspiring. And um, from the reactions to the book, that's kind of what I heard. So I'm, I'm really happy that I was able to write the book and get it published and have people enjoying it. So I hope that those of you that do have a read... Um, you know, let me know what you think. And there are some great training stories. Of course, I talk about triathlon and mm-hmm. how I got from, you know, a complete disaster in 1993 to a world champion in 2001 because that obviously is a story that needs to be told. And um, it's a it, the raw journey. It wasn't all, you know, roses and whistles. It was hard, um, but it sure was worth it in the end.
1: Yeah, and such amazing you know information to share because you give people the confidence that firstly it's it's not the highlight reel that we see on Instagram and yeah. and they're not alone in their struggles like i have seen you know in even in the last i think probably 6 months so many people finally stepping into the arena and and being vulnerable and and sharing their struggles and it's beautiful to see because it yeah. Stops the bullshit that we (laughs) can believe when we look at other people's lives, and you know, even even if we know better, it's a trap that's easy to fall into. So, you know, I'm grateful that you um, found the 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 right time to share that story, and I'm, I'm sure, gosh, I don't even know how many people would be in the same boat that you know, can relate to your story and, and thank you for sharing that to, to give them the belief that, you know, that they can perhaps do the same.
0: Absolutely. And, and I think the biggest thing too is for me, like the minute I took off all my masks Mm -hmm. and was just like, this is who I am. It was unbelievable. Like the my athletes seemed to trust me more mm-hmm. like literally like we were performing better than ever collectively as like coach athlete all of them they were all like if you're holding something back or being something that you're really not like people what they'll feel from you is just kind of like a resistance or like a walls up and mm-hmm. you'll only get back what you give and if you're only giving a part of yourself then the person you're in a relationship with or working with that's what you're going to get back mm-hmm. and so what i realized is when i decided to give all of me you know regardless of whether in the past i thought it was good or bad but give all of me suddenly relationships were deeper and stronger there was more trust there was more confidence And literally my world just exploded in the most beautiful ways. And I just think that it's that we, like like I said earlier, we're all put on this earth, I believe, exactly the way we're meant to be. And the challenge is live all the beauty that is you, regardless of what you have previously judged it as. But just Live in all the beauty that is you and you will literally see everything happening that you've, in the ways you want it to be happening because it's, it's being who you're meant to be. so I really do encourage everyone and it's scary. It was, it was, it, I was scared to death deciding to be all of me, but I, now, my God, I just want to tell everyone, like, mm-hmm. if you can trust me, like, please do it. You will see your life change in the most beautiful ways. And, um, but go out and at least give it a try, you know, strip off one mask at a time. And, and we all wear those masks. I mean, it's even like, God, uh, I mean, something as simple as I remember my first job coming out of college, I went and coached at uh, a university. So the kids I was was coaching were only like a year younger than me. And I remember the head coach said, don't you dare even try to befriend any of these athletes. There has to be the boundary between coach and athlete. And I was scared to death. So I walked around pretending I was like this mean, you know, adult that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, didn't want to have any conversation and that wasn't who I was. Like I was doing it because I thought it was the right thing to do. But even something as simple as that is wearing a mask Mm -hmm. and not being who you are. Um, And, you know, that doesn't feel great. Um, so yeah, I, I, thank you for giving me the opportunity. I wasn't planning on talking about this, but I thank you for giving me the opportunity to do so. Cause I think it can really, um, change your life and it's, it's scary, but it's so worth it.
1: Oh, I can completely relate. So yeah. Thank you so much for sharing with us. I have two quick questions before we wrap up today. I just wanted to talk to you about, um, your more recent podcast on the Tony Robbins show because you obviously shared with us that many, many years ago you picked up Unlimited Power and that was a big catalyst for you. So I just was personally interested in how it must have felt all those years later to be going on his show and and firstly, (laughs) I I guess, talking with Tony and and sharing your story with his audience.
0: It was unbelievable. So I'll tell you just, kind of quickly the story, I get this phone call saying that, you know, they want me on the Tony Robbins podcast. And I thought, oh, I get it. They think they're calling Marinda Carfrey or <laughs> Ellie Salthouse or and I'm like, oh, okay, I see. So who who are you looking for? Is it Rinnie? Is it Yvonne? You know, who who are you looking to talk to? And they're like, no we want to talk to you and i'm like me mm-hmm. you know i couldn't believe that but like my my mentor mm-hmm. like he didn't know he was my mentor but this guy that changed my life when i was 20 wanted me on his podcast so i was just like beside myself and i was so nervous and mm-hmm. the day of the call you know it was on skype and you hear the skype ring and i answer it and i thought for sure i'm going to be doing a podcast with just one of his people like it won't be tony and I answer the phone. I'm like, hello. And he goes, Hey Siri, it's Tony. And I, I seriously nearly broke down in tears. I was like so excited. And, um, but apparently God, I, I cannot believe apparently it's had like, it's been the most downloaded podcast that he's had. And, um, it led to so many unbelievable things. Um, I now have been through his entire program and, um, Again, he's changed my life again in so many incredible ways, or or he's given me the tools to change my own life in, mm-hmm. in amazing ways. But I now speak at a couple of his events, and I'm out, you know, on a speaking circuit, and it really has been unbelievable. Um, he just kind of reconnected me with my deep why, which is wanting to, you know, I suffered a lot growing up and now that I figured out how to find a way out of that suffering and into a way of living in gratitude and living from a place of love and not fear and creating the life I dream of, it's like I want to help people get out of their own suffering and create the lives they deserve too. And um, so it's kind of given me a greater understanding why I love coaching so much, why I want to get out and, you know, be able to help as many people as I possibly can. So he has just been, you know, one of the greatest gifts in my life. He is Mm -hmm. a tremendous man. Um, He is just, you know, gives his heart and soul to everyone around the world. Most of the money he makes, he gives to uh, Charity Feeding America. And um, he's just an unbelievable guy that really does just want to you know, help people live their, their best lives. And, um, he's just incredible. So that was awesome. That was yeah. a dream come true. Really.
1: Totally pinch myself moment. I can imagine. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> awesome. And then final question. Um, obviously the space to, to share anything else is yours, but I wanted you to direct our listeners to where they can find out more about you online.
0: Um, awesome. Well, my wife and I, Rebecca Keat, who again is Australian, we just, um, created a lifelong dream of ours, which is a horse and dog rescue. It's called Believe Ranch and Rescue. And we have a website, believeranchandrescue.org. And we're also on Facebook and Instagram. Um, as far as following me and you'll get a lot of, um, you know, if you follow me on Instagram, Siri Lindley, you'll get, tons of you know it's real life we show us mucking horse poop and um you know the ups and downs of life not just all the the beautiful moments but and then a lot of my athletes and triathlon and all of that but um would love for you all to check out our rescue um we save horses and dogs from being slaughtered. It's just a horrible, horrible thing that goes on here in the States. Um, Just absolute abuse and neglect and torture. And we're trying to stop that. And in the last year, we've actually saved 35 horses uh, from slaughter. And we've reconnected a lot of them with their forever homes. And um, Mm -hmm. it's just the greatest feeling in the world. And most of the work that we do, like uh, we have a Team Serious Tri Club which is available to everyone and anyone, um, and again, it's another way to be able to kind of touch lives and help people on a grander scale. But um, you can sign up for the Team Serious Tri Club on the website by the same name or on Facebook, and it's I think it's like ten bucks a month, and we have a live chat with Rebecca and I every week. We answer every single question people have. And it's just, it's a, it's a community where we have a shared passion for not just swim, bike and run or, or any of the three, but a passion for just being the best that we can be in our lives. And, you know, uh, just sharing, sharing our passion for life and gratitude and, um, being the best that we can be. So join up. Join our club or follow the rescue or follow me, but most importantly, just take care of you and be the best that you can be and believe in your dreams um, and be willing to go out there and make it happen and you can have exactly the life you dream of.
1: Oh, beautiful message I've had so many goosebump moments <laughs>
0: Yay! thank you Steph. God, that makes me feel good I'm so glad yeah
1: I've really enjoyed our conversation today and I'm personally so grateful that you would come on the show so I'll pop all of the links that you've mentioned um, in the show notes for those that um, would love to learn more I encourage you to check out I Believe Ranch and Rescue and um, of course Um, Team Siri Tri Club. All the links will be in the show notes. And thank you again for joining us today.
0: Well, thank you, Steph, for all that you do. It's amazing what you've got going on and you are a gift to this world. And um, I really do thank you for having me on the show and giving me an opportunity to share this time with all of you.
1: Beautiful.